Hello and welcome to the Everything Phil Collins podcast. Thank you so much for listening and I encourage you to subscribe if you enjoyed this week's episode. I also want to let you know that these podcasts are actually taken from our YouTube channel and you can find out more about our YouTube videos by going to everythingphilcollins.com where you'll get a link to watch all of our videos there as well as some of the other cool stuff that we have on our website, everythingphilcollins.com. But I just wanted to let you know that this was originally a YouTube video and so when I'm talking about certain visuals or if I'm holding something up to the camera, you might be missing out on that. So if you want to watch these episodes as videos, go to everythingphilcollins.com or just enjoy today's podcast episode. So I've already done a video about the best Phil Collins songs, and I've also already done a video on the worst Phil Collins songs, and I've done a video on the most underrated Phil Collins songs, but that leaves this little cross-section here, and that leaves us with what I think are the most interesting Phil Collins songs. Let's discuss. So today's top 10 list is not necessarily his best songs, because that's what we've already talked about. And I don't think these are necessarily bad songs in any way. And some of them aren't underrated. Some of them aren't talked about at all, which I guess would make them underrated. But on my underrated list, those were songs that I think should be appreciated and aren't appreciated. I'm not necessarily advocating for any of these songs. Some of these songs I don't really like. Some of these songs I like a lot. I think another way to define this list is songs that I don't often think about, yet they're songs I don't really care to skip either. So I don't hate them, but I don't love them. I don't hate you. Number 10 is from Dancing to the Light, and it's the last track, and it's The Times They Are a-Changing, which is a Bob Dylan cover. And I think it's interesting, too, because, first of all, covering Bob Dylan is not a great idea. Covering the Beatles is not a great idea. Even covering Motown songs is not a great idea. Those are iconic songs, and so you have to be pretty ballsy to cover those tracks. Although, I will say, this version I like even better than the Bob Dylan version. I just really like this song, and I like the way Phil does it. And Phil does it way more melodic than Bob Dylan does it. Phil has a better voice than Bob Dylan, sorry to say. And so I really like this version. I love the key change. I think it's a great album closer. I'm not a huge fan of Phil's covers. This is probably my favorite cover that he does. I think it's an interesting tune because it's a Bob Dylan cover. It was never played live, I don't think. I think it's done really well. It's really an epic song. It sounds like Take Me Home or Find A Way To My Heart in that type of clo album closer feel. I mean, it maybe it sort of fits into that big excitement of the record. It doesn't have the Latin feel though, but yeah, I think it's really, really cool. It's interesting that it wasn't a single. It kind of flew under the radar. Um, just, it's a cool album closer. I think some of the excitement to it and like the vocal performance had a bit of foreshadowing to Tarzan. I've always been curious about what songs from Dance of the Light maybe were inspired by what he would be working on soon, working on with Tarzan, and maybe if there were any songs that are on Dance of the Light that were meant for Tarzan but that weren't selected, you know what I mean, that kind of thing, or vice versa. Okay, number nine, and the, this list, by the way, isn't any in any necessary isn't necessarily in any order, but but maybe it is. I mean, what makes these songs interesting is that you can't actually put them in any order because some of them I think are amazing and some of them I think are okay, but I change my mind on them all the time. This is just what makes these songs so interesting. Gosh, number nine is another cover song. It's from Face Value. It's also the last song on the album and it's Tomorrow Never Knows, a Beatles cover song. And one of the reasons I don't like this, lots of reasons I don't like it. First of all, it's not a overly beautiful listening experience, unlike uh, the times they are changing. I think Please Don't Ask from Duke should have been on this record instead of Tomorrow Never Knows because it's uh, 
a great album closer. It's a beautiful tune. It's more of a Phil Collins song, and it's about divorce. So I just think it would fit better. And I'm not a huge Beatles fan. I'm a huge Phil Collins fan. I've said that before. Phil Collins was a huge Beatles fan. He was probably a huge Bob Dylan fan. But I was neither of those things. I was Phil and Genesis fans. And so I'm just not, you know, I could cover Phil and Genesis that because it would be homage. I think cover songs for artists are a homage to their, to the artists and bands that influence them and inspire them to do what they're doing now. So that's why this song is on there. The other thing too is it's like really accurate to the original version, the, all that experimenting and panning that they were doing for the very first time at Abbey Road and playing with the tapes and the reels and all that stuff. It's iconic for that production. Unlike the times they are changing, Tomorrow Never Knows isn't done in Phil Collins' own way. It's also why I don't like You Can't Hurry Love because it's just too too close to the original. Number eight, from Hello, I Must Be Going, like China. 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 Now, this is a song I don't love, but there's some other songs on that record I really don't love. So I don't really have a huge problem with this. I think the guitar riff is great. I think it's a fun song. I like the live version they did when they toured the No Jacket Required tour. I thought that was really good. I don't love the put-on voice. And I don't love when Phil plays a character. I've talked about this before. It's something he doesn't do very often. Even when he's singing about something that might be fiction, it's still kind of from Phil Collins, you know what I mean? Whereas The Roof is Leaking and Like China, I guess take me home now that I think about it. But he really, he just kind of plays a character in, in this song. And he uses this like, I don't know, this certain dialect of, of, of British speak, if you will. You speak with a British accent. Yeah, he's acting, really, in this song. I don't love that. I just don't love that. So I, I don't think it's, I don't love it for that reason, but it is a cool tune. It's just, it's really interesting. I think the lyrics are good. I think the lyrics are funny in a way. I'm not crazy about it, but I think it's a very, very interesting song. Way more melodic than some of the other tracks on that record. But like China, I'm putting it number eight. Number seven is from both sides, and it's There's a Place for Us. Now, this one I really do love. Really love this song. Um, there is kind of like, a, I think it's like a digital version of a harmonica that kind of improvises in solos. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work. So a part of me is like, we've talked about this before, but how wouldn't it have been great if Phil had brought in session musicians? And I know that was the whole point of both sides is not to bring in session musicians. But I've, all, I've always wondered, like, what would it have been like if a real sax player or a real harmonica player, if we were going to do that, played on this track or played on this album. At the same time, because, you know, like, it's not that great, the soloing. However, there's something, like, really simple and, and, and enjoyable that when an artist who's not a soloist, like a sax player, plays something, it's actually more dumbed down than a professional would try to do something more over the top and more impressive. And... It ends up like this kind of lo-fi, minimalist solo ends up being kind of sweeter and a little more heartwarming than something bigger session musician over the top. And so I kind of get that vibe a little bit from this, the solo on this record or on this song and, and, and a lot of the soloing on this record. It sounds like the lyrics too, and then it's kind of improvised. Anyway, so it would have been cool to hear a session musician do the solos on this song, but also it's sweet the way that Phil does it. I like the kind of the, the little bit of a key change too in the bridge uh, or the chorus. I think it's a beautiful tune. It flows really nicely into We Wait and We Wonder. I love this record and I love these down tempo songs that are really chill, that aren't these big spectacular numbers like I Wish It Would Rain Down, Another Day in Paradise. He just really strips back on this record. So I think 
There's a Place for Us is on my list as one of the interesting Phil Collins songs and a song that everybody should get a, uh, take a chance on, take a listen to. Okay, want to know a really interesting song? And is it a Phil Collins song? Yeah, kind of technically. The next one on my list is And So to F. This is a song that Phil wrote and so it's credited to Phil, but it's a Brand X song. But it's also been on the extended version of Face Value. And so, and he would play it quite a bit on the No Jacket Required Tour. Or or no, he played it on the uh, as a as an encore on the Holloway Must Be Going Tour. And so I really like this song. I mean, I'm a big Brand X fan. Not a huge Brand X fan, but I do really like free jazz and new jazz and experimental jazz. And I love Phil's drumming. I love instrumental music. And so... This was, uh, I think this track, is this the one that has um, like Phil singing a little bit, like, you know, his like throwing it all away type of singing or hand in hand type of singing. I think it was on this one. Yeah, yeah, this was definitely the one he's singing on. It's kind of foreshadowing what he would do a little bit with Genesis and Phil Collins live later on. Anyway, it's really great. I mean, it's great. It's great Phil drumming and I'm just putting it on my list. It is not technically a Phil Collins song, but he wrote it. It's technically a Phil Collins song. So we're going to put And So To F on this list as one of the most interesting Phil Collins songs ever. Um, so interesting, so brazen, so cool. By the way, I just realized I kind of forgot to put Droned on this list. I should have put Droned on here. It's very interesting because Hand In Hand is on like my best song list. I think Hand In Hand is just a great song. I should have put Droned on here. Sorry, forgot. Spoiler alert. Droned isn't in this top 10 list. Number five. Tell me if you know this song. Number five is Tearing and Breaking. Raise your hand if you know this song. This is one of those songs. It was like, a, I think it was a Testify B-side and it was put on the Love Songs compilation. And remember back in the day when you would sell a Greatest Hits compilation on CD, you had to include some B-sides or like a brand new single that nobody's heard before as a way to convince those people who are like, why do I need to buy this CD? I've already got all these songs on other CDs. And so one of the way to tip those people over into customers would to be put something unreleased on it. And I think Tearing and Breaking, which I believe was the opening song of the whole compilation, is uh, an example of that. I love Tearing and Breaking. I absolutely love it. I think it would have been better than almost anything on Testify. I actually wish that Tearing and Breaking was a direction he went into more often. And if we were to be ever blessed to have another Phil Collins record, I think this minimal stripped down type of fill that's similar to face value and similar to both sides in certain ways, uh, and very vocal heavy, which is not something he could pull off these days, unfortunately. But I think Tearing and Breaking is a really, really great song and, and a super interesting song because it's quasi a cappella. I think it actually is better than most of the Down Temple songs. Melodically, it's better than most of the Down Temple songs on both sides. I think it's better than almost anything on Testify. It's just a really beautiful song. So much space. You hear, you hear, a, 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 you can hear the reverb of a pin drop in the verses of this song. There's just so much space. It's so minimal. Really beautiful tune. Um, if you're not familiar with Tearing and Breaking, make sure you check it out. Number four is one of Phil's most interesting songs, and that is Long, Long Way to Go, which is from No Jacket Required. And the reason I think that this is a interesting song, I'll tell you why. First of all, it doesn't make any sense on No Jacket Required, yet it works. It works so well. It's not a dance number. It's not a ballad. It's not a big epic closer like Take Me Home. Yet for some reason, and it's early in the, the album, for some reason it doesn't slow the record down. And it flows really nicely into the next song, which is I Think I Don't Want to Know. Uh, to me, I never skip this song. I always sing along really loud. Having this like 
big bombastic record with Susudio and Only You Know and I Know and all these big numbers that are on this record, I never feel like Long Long Way to Go interrupts that. And I've talked about that, about why I don't love The Roof is Leaking is because you go from In the Air Tonight to This Must Be Love and then to Behind the Lines and I feel like the album starts to rev up and then just as I'm like into this big groove of Behind the Lines, The Roof is Leaking just cuts that mood in half. And I just, that bothers me so much because Face Value is such an upbeat and, and Motowny record, except for songs like that. And so, but I don't get that feeling with Long, Long Way to Go. It just doesn't really bother me. I think it's a great song. Um, the other thing that makes it so interesting is that it's a fan favorite. So many fans talk about it. It made it really high up when we did the fan uh, survey. It made it really high up on that list, which is totally surprising because it's not a single. It's not a single and it wasn't played live too often, but that's the other interesting thing is it actually was played live. So for being such a deep cut, it was played live. It was played live on the Dance Into the Light tour. And was it played um, on both sides and on But Seriously? I feel like I remember Phil sitting down to the piano. I want to say yes to both sides that it was played on that time. But I don't know about But Seriously now. I can't picture it because I know he did like, he slowed down doesn't anybody stay together anymore? Yeah, I'm actually not sure if they, and they did Inside Out as well. So I'm not sure if they did that. But anyway, that's what makes that song so interesting is that it's such a beautiful song. It's a fan favorite. It was never a single. It's kind of an underrated tune. You don't hear it talked about too much, but everyone loves it. And it doesn't ruin that record in any way. It helps that record, which is so crazy. Number three interesting Phil Collins song is the song Colors from But Seriously. Now, I've done a review about this before. And my theory is, is that we know that Phil had two songs. He had one song uh, that I believe was called Him, and it was about all the, the bad news that you hear on TV. And then there was the second half of the song, and I'm not sure if it had a name, you can let me know in the comments. Um, but we have these two songs that I believe were separate. In, originally, they were separate songs. And then Phil gets the idea to put them together. And they work so well when put together. And my theory is that here we are on But Seriously, and he's done a lot of writing with Genesis. He's done almost 20 years of writing with Genesis. And Genesis is famous for having all these different song ideas and putting them together into one epic song or even just one short song or medium-sized song. And so I think Phil kind of got inspired by that process of saying, hey, I've got this really nice little piano thing going on and then I have this kind of big, exciting protest song. Let's see if we can put them together. It, it works so well. And I think that's what makes this song so interesting. I love the the melody of the, the slow part. So I don't feel like the slow part is slogging along and I'm like dying to get to the fast part. I feel like the slow part could stand alone as a fantastic Phil Collins song on its own, especially because it's not a ballad. It's not about love and romance. And so that's what makes it so great. And then when that drum, the drums kick in and slowly build up and, and we have the horns, it, it's, to me, it just makes it such a great song. And it's so interesting. And it brings so much richness and depth to but seriously to have and it's what makes but seriously serious right because he still has these light-hearted songs and instrumentals and songs about love that he had on all those other records but then there's father to son and find a way to my heart and colors that make it much more of a serious and important record so absolutely love colors and that's i think it's a very very interesting song in phil's catalog number two is a Genesis song, but on a Phil Collins record, and that's Behind the Lines. And we just did a song review, so I won't cover too much of the ground here. 
But what makes this song so interesting is the story behind it. And the story from what we know or what we've heard is that they, this is a song that I believe was written mostly by Mike Rutherford for the album Duke. It's one of my favorite Genesis songs. It's one of the, a lot of people's favorite Genesis songs. I asked you a couple weeks ago, which one do you prefer, the Genesis or the Phil Collins song? And it was pretty split. Most people said probably the Genesis version, but like not a lot of people dislike the Phil Collins version. I like both. I hold them in completely separate spaces. I think they're they're both very, very, for me, my personal list, like they both rank probably in the top 10 of that band and, and of Phil Collins. And so um, absolutely love it. But the story is, is that as they're working on it, they're playing the tape back and I guess they're speeding it up. Maybe they're getting to a place where they're going to splice it or punch in and they're playing the tape back a little bit faster and Phil hears it uh, at a faster speed. Probably not so fast that it was unrecognizable, but he could hear what it would sound like at maybe at maybe 50% faster. And so I think that Phil maybe had suggested, hey, should we try it this fast? Should we try it as like an upbeat song, which, which is similar to what they were, had allegedly done with Turn It On Again. But the guys weren't into that, and that's fine. And I think it works in the slower speed, and it works with the whole Duke suite. Somewhere between there and that, Phil got the idea to do an upbeat version and to bring in horns. And I just, I think it's so, I think that story alone is what makes it so interesting. I think it makes it interesting and makes it onto this list and high on this list because it's a fantastic tune and it's the only Genesis song that Phil shares with Genesis. And I don't think he could ever do that again because as he would get more and more popular and as the band would get more and more popular, there was this clash of Phil the front man, Phil's influencing the band, Phil's driving the band to be 80s and to be pop and people not knowing the difference between Genesis and Phil Collins with songs like In Too Deep or Hold On My Heart. So he couldn't really swap songs like that anymore. Of course, he could write for Genesis, but the idea of borrowing a released song from Genesis on his own music was no bueno after a certain amount of time. But back in the face value days, before anything, before he thought anyone was going to hear that record, it was totally kosher. And I think that just makes it really cool that it you know, especially that I can ask you guys, most of us would say it's hard to pick a favorite because they both work and they both stand alone and they're completely different songs, one on Duke and one on Face Value. So that's why it's on my list. And the number one interesting song, and again, I don't think this list is in any order. Honestly, let's let's scratch that top 10 because to me, they're all equally interesting in their own interesting way. But number one is I Don't Care Anymore. The opening song, from Hello, I Must Be Going. The reason I think this is interesting is because let's talk about Through These Walls. Through These Walls was on my worst Phil Collins song list. I know it may not be on your worst list, but it was on my list. Let's talk about Through These Walls for a second. That was the first single from Hello, I Must Be Going. And Phil has admitted to that being a little bit too close to the vibe and the feel and the sound of In the Air Tonight, including an identical drum fill. Now let's move over to I Don't Care Anymore. I Don't Care Anymore is also a lot, is also very similar to In the Air Tonight, the big pads, these big canyon-sized drums and big drum fills. To me, in I Don't Care Anymore stands on its own much better than Through These Walls. I Don't Care Anymore is really aggressive. It's really scary. It's uh, I've talked to some of you about how this was a meaningful song to you in certain parts of your life, like a divorce. And I think that's incredible. And I think I Don't Care Anymore opens up the album in the same dark and aggressive and divorce theme 
that In the Air Tonight does, but I, okay, I don't care anymore, does it differently and stands alone on its own. So that's why I think it's interesting is because he was able to copy that In the Air Tonight model, but to do it completely independently and, and it still works. And I don't care anymore and In the Air Tonight are two iconic, equally, well, not equally, but two iconic Phil Collins songs and they both work. Whereas Through These Walls, not a great song lyrically, not a great song melodically, and just for a first single, it just took too much from In the Air Tonight. Whereas I Don't Care Anymore, totally works. Great album opener. It sounds beautiful on record. The drums sound great. There we go. So there's our top 10 list. The times they are changing. Tomorrow never knows. Like China. There's a place for us. And so to F. Tearing and breaking. Long, long way to go. Colors behind the lines. And I don't care anymore. Did I miss any? Let me know what you think about this list and let me know what you think is the most interesting Phil Collins song. And remember the criteria. It's not necessarily a hit song or one of his best songs. It's not necessarily a bad song in any way. And it's not an underrated song because we've already covered those. This is just interesting, interesting production, interesting lyrics, or an interesting story behind it. What have I missed? Let me know in the comments. Thanks for watching. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. If you want to find out more about the show, go to everythingphilcollins.com. Oh, and don't forget to subscribe and please leave a review of the show. That really helps.